0: We're Q-tips, and you're not. So sit back, relax, and enjoy eight recommendations from Bill, Paul, Renee, and myself for the weekend of July sixteenth, twenty
1: twenty-one. I'm <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I know. So we're supposed to do eight.
0: I only have two. But my intros keep getting stupider and stupider I as they go. I guess, Paul, you have to do eight. Um, <laughs> well, if you only have two, then let's start off with your top, Paul. What's what's the first recommendation for this weekend?
2: Well, first, I want to tell you what my theme is. So. My theme is we have uh, Hong Kong action flicks that Renee has not seen from mm. which elements Bill Mulligan has used in scripts that has starred
3: in Edgerton. So there we go. Oh, this
2: is uh, Wow.
0: This could be anything.
3: <laughs> that has so, its own section in the video store. Yes. Yeah, there are video stores. <laughs> so
2: so the, the first film is from 1976, Master of the Flying Guillotine. Yes. Also, yes. Also known as the One Arm Boxer versus the Master of Flying Guillotine. It's currently showing on Voodoo Free, Fandor, and Pluto TV. It's it's actually a sequel to the One Arm Boxer movie, but I don't know anyone who's actually have you have you seen it, Bill? I, I haven't seen it. I don't know who's anyone who's seen the, the One Arm Boxer.
3: Yeah, I I think I have, but they may you know once you have a success in Chinese cinema, you have a lot of unofficial <laughs> sequels. So I don't yeah. know if I saw the original original or not, but yeah. The one-armed boxer is great. He totally doesn't look like he has one arm. You can almost see it strapped to his shoulder. <laughs> but okay,
2: so it is. It's it, it. Basically, said you don't need to see the first one. Um, the the titular master of the fly guillotine is a blind monk who is out for revenge against the one-armed boxer because apparently he had killed his proteges in the first film. Doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. Um, like a lot of these these uh, action films, it centers around a martial arts tournament with martial artists from all the different you you name the the discipline and they're there and and they're as it says they're from beyond time um the uh if Full you ever
3: combat.
2: yeah well i mean that's exactly what this though you know they take yeah. crib direct directly from it in fact um street fighter there's the character whose arms extend super long that guy's in this and this was well before <laughs> that um and there's not much to say except for so the flying guillotine is it looks like a little hat he throws it lands on your head it drops down he pulls it and your head is gone and uh, this is just it's an amazing movie super fun action mm-hmm. super bizarre uh, it 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 is I think the best way to put it is that the the tagline from the the um, from the the trailer which is he comes from beyond time from beyond the outer limits of your imagination. He's the master of the flying guillotine, and he's ready to blow your mind. So, again, that's Master of the Flying Guillotine <laughs> showing on Voodoo Free, Fandor, and Pluto TV. Watch it. And, uh, Bill, since uh, you've written about this, uh, what are your pick? What's your pick?
3: First of all, I just want to say I don't know why the army is not working on an actual working flying guillotine because we would win every war we ever got involved with. In. You know, it just be absolutely terrifying. Marines with flying guillotines. Uh, I, <laughs> it, it's picked... a
0: no-brainer now with uh with drone warfare. You just, you know... Oh, yeah, yeah. Just put, it, put some rotors air. on the sucker. Oh, yeah. oh. so let's... Okay. Oh, wait, wait, wait. This is actually
3: kind of genius. <laughs> Bill has a new um, script
0: just stating it already. <laughs> I mean, a,
3: a remake of Master of the Flying Guillotine with a flying guillotine is a drone guillotine. That would totally work. We can update it. We can actually, you know, an excuse to make this and not have to shoot in China, which costs money. All right. All right. I will give, I'm into I'll it. give you, I'll Get give you a it. small thank you, Zach, at the very okay. end of the credits. Okay. Yeah, just a small yeah. I'll miss, misspell, Zach.
0: C A C K. Yeah.
3: The ultimate twist, indignity. Just a twist. So Bill, of the name a Bill bit. what movie do you recommend? <laughs> uh, I recommend On Shutter, Butcher Baker Nightmare Maker, also known as Night Warning. You might have seen that there. It's it's a very strange 1982 80s slasher movie with an unbelievable performance by Susan Tyrell. And and it opens with with a, a car accident that's straight out of um, Final Destination 2. Clearly, this is where they got the inspiration for it. And this young boy is then raised by his aunt. And she's she's a little funny in the head. Um she's hornier than Mrs. Roper. And things go horribly wrong. And this movie is so twisted. There's stuff in here. It's got one of the most unlikable characters in motion pictures, the local detective, who is so homophobic. It's it's unbelievable, you know. And this character is totally unlikable. So a little progressive for 1982. He's convinced that the nephew is killing people because he's gay. He's not, and he's not. But there you go. And uh, the whole movie is just amazing but susan tyrell is insanely good in this movie butcher baker nightmare maker really really good stuff underrated not a great title kind of a stupid (laughs) title although night warning is possibly even worse it just makes no sense but this is the very definition of cult 80s good stuff and i will send it to renee
1: well i'm gonna take everyone on a journey back Uh to yeah Back to 1989, when a sweet young innocent me was introduced to my future brother-in-law, and the suffering of my poor sister mm. had begun. <laughs> <laughs> wait, huh? Wait, huh? wait. Oh, what? <laughs> so, uh, a very young me, and incidentally, it was probably about this week uh, back in 1989 because it was uh, in July. Um, we were. I was taken to the movies. And I was given a choice between two movies. And Paul uh, described these choices to me. <laughs> I'll never forget oh. this. Yeah. Uh-oh. The first movie which I am presenting to you now was now do you want to watch a movie and it's ugh, it's gross and there's kissing and ugh. Oh. Wait, and, I said this. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> that movie is when Harry met Sally. And oh. this is really not, uh, I don't usually throw out romantic comedies, but I'm going to do this one. It is from 1989 and is directed by Rob Reiner. It stars Billy Crystal, Meg Ryan. It has Carrie Fisher and Bruno Kirby, who incidentally, what a hilarious guy he was. Um, screenplay by Nora Ephron and available on HBO Max. So this movie covers basically the, the friendship and the uh, growth and transition of the relationship that Harry and Sally have basically over the course of a decade. And it's just a very sweet movie. I think that uh, Meg Ryan and Billy Crystal had really great chemistry. I really liked her with Billy Crystal more so than I like her with Tom Hanks, even though they got partnered up in just a bunch of stuff. Um, it's just a really sweet movie. It's funny. Uh Billy Crystal was great. You know, Meg Ryan was great. Um, It's just a good all around. If you're in the mood for some kind of sweet cheesiness that actually is funny, I recommend it. So, again, that is One Harry Met Sally and it is on HBO Max. And incidentally, that is not the movie I picked. All right, ah. <laughs> so I'll get, that's going to be my second. Okay, okay, yeah, perfect. My second All is the movie right. I actually hanging. picked. Yeah, I I'm intrigued. Any. Yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> you'll know, you'll, under, as soon as you, I tell you, you'll be like, oh, that, yeah, that sounds like me. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to pass it on to Zachary.
0: Well, you know, I'm a huge horror fan. I think uh, everyone who listens to the podcast knows that, but there's actually a horror trope, or I guess I should say a horror subgenre that I'm actually not a huge fan of. Uh, because I think that it's something, it's one of those things that's been, well, the, the the direction that it's been taken in popular culture is not something that I really enjoy. So, uh, I'm talking about vampires. So, vampires, obviously, uh, one of the oldest horror subgenres, they've been around for a long time. And in the last, you know, I don't know, 30, 40 years, they've kind of gone from being spooky and creepy and gross to uh, being sparkly and you know dressing up and showing up at uh, balls and seducing women which is all well and good but uh, <laughs> you know not not really my cup of tea however there is one movie that i think kind of captures the the kind of dirty gross element of of vampires that i actually do enjoy and that movie is near dark 1987s uh. Uh, i believe it was the second film from future Ah, uh, Academy Award winner and future ex uh, Mrs. James Cameron, Catherine Bigelow, and this is a movie that yeah, it's it's about vampires, but it is not about nice vampires. It kind of gets into the I don't know the the theme of trying to c- tr- kind of treating vampirism as a disease and you know what it does to you, and it's basically about this uh, this kind of innocent young boy uh played by future heroes star adrian pazdar uh which is Mm -hmm. a show that i absolutely hate but whatever um i had to throw that out there uh he gets he he meets a young woman and uh she's a vampire and he's kind of you know a dumbass so he spends enough time with her that she ends up biting him and he turns and then he meets her vampire family Which uh, pretty much just consists of uh alien uh actors from aliens. So you got Lance Hendrickson (laughs) you got Lance Hendrickson in there, you've got Bill Paxton uh and uh Jeanette Goldstein as uh three of the vampires, and obviously they are all great and so he's Mm -hmm. he's basically uh he's you know, he's turned into a vampire, but he's very reluctant and it's kind of about his uh kind of kind of fighting against it and also the other vampires kinda want to murder him, so uh, lots of lots of tension there. Uh, like I said, there's a lot of kind of gross scenes. There's a lot of violence. It's very raw. It's kind of you know very dark. Uh, in fact, it's near dark. Um, so I don't know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I really enjoyed it. There's like I said, it's kind of fun. Also, if you're a fan of James Cameron, there's a lot of connective tissue there with yeah. Aliens. There is also uh, obviously some connective tissue there with the Terminator franchise. In mm. fact, uh, this. Uh, this movie came out after Aliens, so this was kind of after those actors appeared in Aliens, and obviously a couple of them were in Terminator, but one of my favorite uh, small roles is by uh, Robert Winley, who is actually uh, in this movie in a role uh, before he's in the role that everyone probably knows him as, which is the guy who puts out a cigar on Arnold Schwarzenegger in T2. So Ugh. he gets- he gets beaten up by Arnold Schwarzenegger in a bar in T2, and he gets beaten up by vampires in a bar in Near Dark. So it's kind of a, a fun connection good, there. Good so, niche. Yeah. yeah, good niche. Uh, no, <laughs> <it's> actually <laughs> his his entire IMDb is basically uh, pl- playing yeah. like bikers and and yeah. yeah. So it's good. Uh, he, yeah, he found his niche. Um, anyways, yeah. So uh, that's 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 my first recommendation, Near Dark, if you like vampires, but if you're not a fan of uh, kind of, you know, pretty boy or pretty girl vampires, uh, Near Dark is it, because uh, none of these people are pretty. They're all dirty. They're all nasty, except for Adrian Pasdar. He's he's a bit of a hunk, but, you know, uh, yeah, check it out. And, uh, I, I, you know, it's been such a long day, I've already forgotten who, who I started with. I think it was Paul. Me, so yeah. let's send it back to Paul.
2: <laughs> because that's actually a really good transition because you mentioned vampires. Um, I was afraid oh. you were going to do this one. Well, actually, not this one, but a related oh. one. Um, but it's not. It's... it's uh, I'm I'm not recommending this one because it's it's not really showing anywhere unless you can you know uh, not on a regular streaming service you probably can find a shitty version on YouTube it would be Mr. Vampire from 1985 yeah. from Hong Kong yeah. by producer Sammo Hung who damn it more I, it is a it is a travesty that Sammo Hung is not as well known as Jackie Chan. He he right. was amazing in his own right and but he was the producer of Mr. Vampire which deals with uh I believe it's the uh, would well, how you how would you pronounce it Bill? Jiangxi oh, yeah. would be Jiangxi, what I
1: would say, yeah.
2: which are Chinese hopping vampires or hopping ghosts. And um <laughs> it is it's a it's a it's a Horror comedy martial arts film. It's really fun, but that's not what I'm recommending
1: <laughs> because,
2: because it's not it's not showing on anywhere except you could kind of get a crappy mm. version on YouTube. Mm-hmm. What I am recommending, which you don't need to see, Mister Vampire, but it is directly related to it, is Rigor Mortis wow. from yes. 2013. Rigor Mortis is currently playing on Hoopla and Tubi, and this is this is a homage to to the Mister Vampire series of films. Um, but instead of being like, you know, a lot of times you'll have a film that that's like, oh, it's like an 80s film and they, they try to shoot it like the 80s film and it's like it's just kind of garbagey like that. No, this is clearly a film from the modern era. It's it's modern sensibilities, modern special effects. It's much darker. But what's interesting is it stars. Chin Si Ho, which I'm sure I mispronounced, who is one of the stars, younger stars of Mr. Vampire. He's playing himself as a down on down on his luck actor. His wife and child has left him. He moves into a shitty, shitty, shitty apartment building and is suicidal. Um, but he runs into ghosts. And then he runs into um he runs into Yao, who's played by Anthony Chan, who was also a Mr. Vampire, but he's not playing himself. He's playing a, a cook who also is a fa- from a family of of Jiangxi hunters, hunting vampires. Uh, lots of things happen. A lot of supernatural things happen. Old man dies and his wife goes to a, a magician and, and tries to have him raised, and he's raised, guess what? As a Jiangxi. And yeah. there's all sorts of supernatural goings on and 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 martial arts and and it's it's amazing and it has apparently a lot of cameos by other people who are in the Mr. Vampire franchise as well so it is super fun but again you don't need to see Mr. Vampire to appreciate it um, because it is amazing on its own right so it's called Mr. I oh, not call it's called Rigor Mortis and it's playing on Hoopla and Tubi but if you can catch Mr. Vampire uh, on YouTube or somewhere else do it um, there's also just a, as a side note it's like Mr. Vampire 4 or whatever it's like a crossover with uh, it's it's a crossover with the gods must be crazy, must be crazy. Series. <laughs> yes it's called yeah, Crazy yeah. Safari and it's oh I've yet God. to actually bring, bring myself to watch it but yeah the fact that they did a crossover is amazing
3: anyway yeah.
2: uh, I'm rambling so speaking of rambling Bill what's your next pick?
3: Yeah you recommended that film to me a long time ago and I took you up on it and it was really really good and that I, I learned to trust your opinion, and then you've betrayed that trust ever since. <laughs> I'm dying to know what the other film was because I got a, with Renee, because I got a feeling you, you did something wildly inappropriate and tried to manipulate her into going what? to it. Like, so, like society, it's about a little boy who <laughs> feels he doesn't fit in. Well yeah, I did
2: so. recommend society to her, but that was many decades later. That oh, was God, and it's changed
1: enough. my ever squelching <laughs> life.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Bill, what films are you picking? I am recommending a slice of 80s cheese called Evil Speak. This wonderful film um, is, oh man, this film, it's, uh, it stars rob not Robert Howard, uh, Clint Howard. Yes, it stars Clint Howard. You can stop right there. Clint Howard, if you don't know, he was the little boy in the Tronya episode of Star Trek. They hired him <laughs> because they wanted to save a bundle on makeup. He was a freakish looking little little kid. He grew up to be an incredibly homely um, man. Listen, I'll, I'll, I'll listen, if I met him in person, I'd, I'd shake his hand. He's you a know, great guy, done a lot of good stuff. But look, everyone understands he is mm, unusually unattractive. This was his one, I think, real starring role. And it was at that awkward stage in his life when he was actually not terribly, horribly bad looking. He's still probably the ugliest guy in the movie, but, you know, it's it's Okay. <laughs> He plays, and a perfect casting, he plays a pudgy military school student who's picked on by literally everyone in the film, except for the school janitor who looks like Dusty Rhodes and gives him a puppy. Um, the movie is this big, long, slow burn where just everyone is picking on him, and it gets worse and worse and worse. Also, at some point, he goes down the basement discovers a Necronomicon, which he then puts into a computer so he transcribes it into a computer and the computer takes these incantations and goes crazy and comes up with its own operating system which i'm pretty sure is where they got windows me uh it, it and then starts just going nuts and creating things okay so you know you remember how great computer graphics were in 1982 yeah okay so you're gonna see a lot of that cheesy cheesy cheesy, but. It all builds up to a climax. And I'm just telling you, if you're watching this film, you're like, this is like John Wick with an unattractive guy. Yeah, the dog does get it. Um, By that (laughs) point, you so hate everybody in this film that you are literally rooting for Satan to please come and wreak unholy havoc on these people. And indeed he does. So uh, the last 15 minutes or so is just some of the best ever. You, you've you been prepped for it. When when everything, when he turns into a demon and starts going all carry on their ass, it's worth it. You'll feel good about yourself. You know, yay, Satan. This is, this movie, if, if the Satanists really wanted to promote Satan, this is the kind of thing they should do. You know, because, yeah, you really do end up, you know, we're the angels in all this. Not doing anything when the puppy gets killed. But uh, yep, good stuff. Good stuff. Evil speak. Clint Howard's best role.
0: Clint Howard and also, I said, also oh, yes. with the distinction of uh, being one of the rare actors who has been in a Star Trek and a Star War. So, oh, oh,
3: well, what was he in Star Wars?
0: He was. He had a a small cameo in uh, his his brother's Star Wars movie, uh, Solo. Oh, Solo! Everyone's yeah. favorite Star Wars movie.
3: Yeah. Once, well, you know, again, that that had budget problems, and they probably needed a few actors that they didn't have to really slather on a lot That's of makeup. That's like <laughs> right. probably called
0: he called Clint up. He was like, "Hey, uh, yeah, we need some extras, and uh, we ran out of money." And Clint was like, uh, "You guys got craft services? Yeah, okay. Yeah, I'll okay. be there in yeah. five minutes."
3: <laughs> he
2: was one of the most normal-looking people in that, to be honest.
0: It's true. It is. Uh, and he,
2: yeah. He's. Uh, it's scary. He's looking more normal as he gets older. So.
0: He's yeah. growing into his looks, which it's is something I hope looks, to do someday. Oh, thank God.
3: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you hope to grow into Clint Howard's looks. I don't know. That's weird. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, whatever. that's no, fine, Zach. You
0: know. Oh, Speaking sorry. of
3: good looking, I send <laughs> yeah. this now to Renee.
1: Oh, brother. Oh, brother. Um, <laughs> okay. My. Uh, so as I mentioned before, my my uh, choices were presented to me by Paul, which was, do you want to watch a movie about romance and uh, kissing. Uh, Or do you want to watch a movie with Mel Gibson's butt? Oh. And apparently a delightful little 10-year-old me was like, yeah, Mel Gibson's butt. Because this was back in the day before uh, things went awry. So, uh, yes, I think that does sound like something Paul would say. Uh, And this movie, a little weird because it is a sequel. uh, And like I mentioned last week uh it is directed by mr richard donner r.i.p from 1989 it is lethal weapon 2 um on hbo max right now also the uh first lethal weapon is on hbo max uh lethal weapon 2 starring mel gibson danny glover joe pesci uh you know your good old quintessential buddy cop series um these mixed mismatched partners are working together to uh, trail some South African diplomats who are using their immunity to engage in criminal activities. Um, and- Diplomatic immunity. <laughs> Diplomatic immunity. <laughs>
0: exactly. That's,
1: That's right. Yeah. And so one thing I forgot about this movie is there is a lot of sexy saxophone like throughout the entire movie. It's oh. great. Yeah. And – um also, I'll just never forget the look on Patsy Kensett's face um, in that scene. It's like, I think it scarred me a little bit. Mm. I can, yeah, if you if you remember the movie, you'll know. Anyway, the first Lethal Weapon, though, also Mel Gibson and Danny Glover, also available on HBO Max, uh, compelled to mention just because, you know, unlike Grease 2, you really should start with the original movie. Um, the first Lethal Weapon has Gary Busey in it. Uh, just mm-hmm. to, yeah, it you know, does. When, yeah, just in case anybody wants to you know check that out, and again, you know, our good old mismatched cops, uh, right when they got uh paired up, um, they are working to uh put aside their differences to catch a gang of drug smugglers. So that is how the first uh, interaction with those guys go down, and uh, I think they ended up with like what three, four, I don't know how many lethal weapons there ended up being, or in a TV show. show. Maybe yeah, and the TV show that you probably shouldn't watch. Eh, right. anyhow, yeah. So those are my two very mainstream uh, suggestions and uh, a brief uh, journey back in time with Paul Cardullo. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I'm going to throw this over to Zachary. Well,
0: you know, it's actually funny. This is, this is not part of my recommendation, but it's it's funny that you make rec- uh, you mentioned uh, recommend uh, Mel Gibson's ass. I, I actually it's been a long time since I watched the first Lethal Weapon. Okay, here's mm-hmm. a little bit, of, a little, a little piece of trivia I I actually noticed all by myself when I rewatched it recently. Riggs and Murtaugh, when you the first time you meet them, they are both naked. Go back and wow. watch it. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, um, <laughs> just just something very. <laughs> <laughs> Get that freeze frame ready. Uh and <laughs> some,
1: rewind. Something,
0: something something I I totally like, I would never as many times as I watched that movie, I'd never realized that before. And and that's yeah, great. I was watching this time. I was like, wow, that's uh that's actually kind of weird. Um and I've never heard anyone mention that before. So anyways, uh <laughs> on to my uh <laughs> my second recommendation, uh, which was actually originally just gonna be Terminator 2, which is currently playing on Netflix and should absolutely watch because it's one of the best action films of all time. But since it is one of the best action films of all time, most people have seen it. And even though I, I do like to do mainstream stuff from time to time, uh, someone actually reminded me of another movie that's a little bit less mainstream that uh, came out around the same time. I think it was a year after. So my my second recommendation has actually kind of pivoted from T2 to the the gritty action of uh, Terminator the second to uh, kind of the whimsical joy of Robin Williams in 1992's Toys. Now, this is a movie about uh, Robert Williams is uh, the son of uh, basically his father owns a toy company and his father passes away. And Robin Williams' character, well, he expected to inherit the company, but instead uh, his dad leaves it to his uh, the dad's uncle or Robin Williams' uncle uh, uh, or the dad's the dad's brother, Robin Williams' uncle, uh, who's a, an army general uh, played by Michael Gambon, which if you're not familiar with Michael Gambon... He was the guy who took over as uh, Dumbledore in the Harry uh. Potter movies. This is what a lot of people know him as now, but he is one of those actors. I absolutely love him. Uh, he's in this movie. He is just a complete psychopath. So anyways, yeah, this movie This movie is kind of a, an interesting one-off. Uh, it's directed by Barry Levinson, who has had kind of a, a really interesting career. And this is a movie that kind of got, I don't know, kind of got forgot. I watched this mm. when I was a little kid. I, I actually remember, I think we... I think my family took me to the theater to watch this. So I'd have been uh, eight years old. And I there saw this are... one
1: in the theater too. <laughs> oh, nice,
0: nice, yeah. nice. Um, yeah, there there were a lot of things that stuck with me. I will say I went back uh, and rewatched it after like 20 years. There are a lot of things about it that actually don't hold up so well. Maybe it actually overdoes it a little bit on the whimsy. But it is definitely worth watching because it's so unique. It's 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 got, I don't know, it's got a... Uh, production design and costume design like nothing you've ever seen before. It's got a great cast. Like I said, Robin Williams and Michael Gambon are in there. It's also got Robin Wright in there. It's got Joan Cusack in there. Uh, it's also got uh, Favorite of the Pod if you've ever listened to our used car episode. It's got Jack Warden in there. Damn. And, and it's, it's also got probably my favorite performance ever. And I say this uh, as someone who has enjoyed a lot of his other performances, but probably my favorite performance ever by ll cool j who has some of the best monologues in the entire movie um he's also a master of disguise so he's constantly showing up in various places with really great disguises uh my favorite being the one where he's uh he blends in with a couch um, and he's just like covered in couch pillows anyways lots of fun lots of whimsy like i said it's it's you know, it, it holds up decently well. It's also got uh, one of my favorite scores ever uh, by uh, Hans Zimmer. And it's also got a really, really great song by, I believe it's an original song for the movie by Thomas Dolby. So all around, mm-hmm. lots of stuff to like about it. Toys, 1992. It is currently playing on Max Go, uh, which I think is the first time we've ever uh, recommended a movie on Cinemax's streaming service. Oh, so,
1: Yes, I'm like. What is that? Yeah. <laughs>
0: wow. Well, that's just how popular it is. So yeah. Uh, this, yeah, this was on HBO a while ago. Uh, it's on, it's on Max Go right now, Direct TV and Spectrum on demand. And uh, this is one of those movies where if you don't have any of those services right now, maybe, maybe you can't watch this this weekend. But you know, put it, put it in the backlog. You know, make a note when it comes back on one of the streaming services you do enjoy. Probably worth checking out. So, yeah, uh, I think that is everything
1: yeah i think so yeah, yeah
0: i think that's our episode uh lots of content for you to watch this weekend so uh you know i think we'll leave you to it but as always i think we need a song to go out on paul do you have something for us this week
2: um yeah i think i do i think i do well take <laughs> it away master of the flying he's the master of the <laughs> flying You yeah.
0: And of course, here are all of our picks summed up for the weekend of July 16th, 2021. Paul recommended Master of the Flying Guillotine, which is currently available on Voodoo, Fandor, and Pluto TV, and Rigor Mortis, which is currently available on Hoopla and Tubi. Bill recommended Butcher Baker Nightmare Maker, currently available on Shudder, DirecTV, and Spectrum On Demand, and Evil Speak, currently available on Shudder. Renee suggested When Harry Met Sally, which is currently playing on HBO Max, and The Lethal Weapon series, which is also playing on HBO Max. And I recommended Near Dark, which is currently on Shudder, DirecTV, and Spectrum On Demand, and Toys, which is currently available on MaxGo, DirecTV, and Spectrum On Demand.